from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands Thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stopping. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. 
He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for...
there is a way, there is a way. The way to the Father is only through Jesus. Jesus, you are my way. You are my truth and you are my life. And so I walk in your way that you set before me. You've written about it. And I say, yes, Lord. I say yes to your way. I thank you for your way. And I praise you for being my way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Signature Worship. Hallelujah. Welcome for those that have come in since we started. We are doing things a little differently tonight. Pastor Doug and Dr. Fiona are celebrating Kelsey's graduation ceremony tonight. Woohoo! So, Abby and Devon, they lead worship for Air Force. And so, that is a little glimpse of Air Force worship. <laughs> And then um, we're going to show you some more glimpses of Air Force tonight. And then Pastor Nelson will finish the service. So if you have your offerings, you can give in the podiums, in the bookstore. The Internet is back. That was fixed on Monday. Praise the Lord. And you can also give online. And then we do have children tonight children's kids life so um, Abby and Devon are the teachers tonight so we'll dismiss for kids life thank you praise the Lord thank you Jesus for our kids and one announcement Air Force has their breakfast this Saturday New Generation Air Force Breakfast this Saturday from 9 to 11. Did I remember everything? That's it. Okay, are you coming up here? Sure. (laughs) 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 Uh. We we have a great youth. And um, it was Dr. Fiona. She spoke about letting the the Air Force do the tonight. So we're going to get a glimpse What's going to happen here? And usually when we come in for Air Force, Ms. Dottie does all the cooking for us, and we really appreciate that. Thank you. Woohoo! <laughs> yes. And usually after we get done feasting out, we get into the communion side of it. And um, we have Melissa. She reads from the John Ramirez Combat Prayers to Crush the Enemy. So she does a couple readings through that. And we actually follow her as she reads through it. And we have Pastor Nadine. She picks a scripture behind her after she gets done with that. And we usually take communion, but tonight we won't do the communion. But then we have Stephen Schmidt. He, he does the lesson for us. So we're doing Andrew Rolmax, one of his books for tonight. So that's what. And we also yes. have lots of testimonies and praise and prayer requests every week. The testimony section is getting longer and longer, and it's awesome. So check out our Air Force group on Facebook. We post some things there to share with everyone. Hello, everybody. Hello. 
I almost said good morning, but I caught myself. All right, so as Pastor Nelson said, everyone in youth group plays a part. That's one of the things I love about youth group. Everyone's roles and purposes are being fulfilled, and their gifts are being developed. So one of the parts that I do is, as we're all sitting in the kitchen, is we do um, John Ramirez's book, Combat Prayers to Crush the Enemy. So there is a confession portion and then a scripture portion, and the confession is based off the scripture. So at youth group, I read it out, and then everyone repeats it back to me. So that is what we're going to do, just like we do on Sundays. All right, so we're going to do three, like, mini confessions, and then after each confession is the scripture that I'll read out. First one says, Lord, show me how to be a blessing. To the body of Christ. As you open my spiritual eyes. To the understanding of your word. In Jesus' name. All right, so the scripture that goes along with that is 1 Thessalonians verse, chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. And the Lord makes you to increase and abound in love one toward another. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father. Isn't that awesome? All right, so our next confession says, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, use my gifts to be a blessing to others in my walk with you. I speak into my ministry, spiritual vision, and revelation. In Jesus' name. (laughs) So Psalm 89, verse 1 through 2, this is from the New King James Version says, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall establish in the very heavens. All right, and last one for tonight. Lord Jesus, open my spiritual eyes. To see all the great things you have for me. Never let the light in my eyes go out. In Jesus' name. (laughs) All right. And our last scripture with our confessions is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. That says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Thank you, Melissa. And then we follow that time of confession and declaration of God's word with communion. And tonight, the scripture I'm reading is Colossians chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. And I'm reading in the Passion Translation. For we've been buried with Christ in his death. Our baptism into death also means we were raised with him when we believed in God's resurrection power. 
the power that raised Christ from death's realm. This realm of death describes our former state. For we were held in sin's grasp, but now, this is the awesome part, but now we have been resurrected out of the realm of death, never to return. Hallelujah. For we are forever alive and forgiven of all our sin. The, he canceled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it all. Our sins, our stained soul, he deleted it all. It cannot be retrieved. Hallelujah. Woo! Everything we once were in Adam has been placed on his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of our cancellation. Hallelujah. And the footnote says in concerning how our old nature of Adam not only has that been removed, but a new DNA has been embedded now within us through the cross and the resurrection life of Jesus. This is marvelous news. And so we share scriptures like this. Sometimes we have questions. Sometimes we have people sharing things. And then we take the, the, the wine of the blood of Jesus and the bread of the body of Jesus together as a youth group. And we do all that in the kitchen. And then this is when we move out into this room here. And we have worship and praise and testimonies and prayer. And then sometimes that's as far as we get for the whole night. We're just worshiping God and enjoying his presence. And then Stephen teaches. So Stephen How are we all doing tonight? That works. Y'all have a good day? I like feedback, so y'all have a good day? Yeah. Excellent, excellent. All right, so we're actually going over, as uh, Pastor Nelson spoke earlier, we're going over Andrew's Womack, Womack books called You've Already Got It. So this is the study lesson that we go over. It's picked out for me, and then uh, I just teach it, and then we go through. When I read the lessons, People have questions along the ways. We have question and answer time. We explain time. It's just, we just flew together. So, without further ado, we're going to start with tonight. So, we're going to go over, in our book, it's Lesson 13. It's called The Battlefield, but I'm adding on to it, and I'm going to call it The Battlefield of the Mind, because that's essentially what spiritual warfare is about, is about obtaining your mind. So, We'll start in the book. Don't worry, I'm not going to read it out to you like story time, but I will read at some point. Okay, so the first thing that we as Christians have to understand is that Satan exists. Okay, that's 
surprisingly, there's some Christians out there that don't think Satan exists. And it's like, what? But regardless, we still love them. So Satan exists. And his point, his whole goal is to deceive you from God and to deceive you from the riches that God has for you. Because this whole book is about, you've already got it, which means that God has already provided everything you need, want, and desire. It's already been done. He doesn't want you to get revelation of that, so he tries to keep you in places where you'll never see it. Which isn't very good. So. So I'll I'll read this sentence for you. It says, Satan is a factor. He does hinder what God has already done in the spirit realm from manifesting in the physical realm. It is important to learn how to resist the devil and take authority over him. Because Satan is a foe that we fight. But the good news is he's he's a defeated foe. So you don't got anything to worry about. You just be like, yo, go back to hell in Jesus' name. I have authority over you and the kingdom you operate in because I am a child of God. So get. And he's got to get. So that's how you do it. But we're going to go, I believe it's, uh, I believe Romans 8, 5 through 6 was the first place I wanted to go. And I'll be reading from the Amplified for those that wonder. Because the, being as the battle starts, so the warfare takes place in the spiritual realm, but the battleground is your mind. Because it takes place, whoever wins your mind is going to cause what you think of. So if you think of Christian things, like if you're a Christian and God has your mind, you think of good things, you think of holy things, you think of pure things, you think about blessing other people. When you have a Satan-oppressed mind or a mind of the devil, you think about hurting people, harming yourself, doing destruction, and just being nasty towards other human beings, which is not the godly kind of mind. So how we combat that... Oh, wrong chapter... So, here's what hap- I have two sides of the story for you. We're going to show what happens if you live in the flesh and what happens if you live in the godly atmosphere he provides for you. So, Romans 8, 5 says, For those who are living according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are living according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Now, the mind of the flesh is death both now and forever because it persuades sin. I'm sorry, pursued sin. But the mind of the spirit is life and peace, the spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God both now and forever. So, if your mind is stuck in the darkness, you'll live in darkness for pretty much your whole physical life and for all of eternity. Which is a really long time, and no one wants to do that. But if you keep your mind on the spiritual aspects that God has for you by keeping your mind in the word, you'll live a blessed and a well, a spiritual well-being. So you'll always be rejuvenated from within because God, from God's throne, throws everlasting life. And that's what we want. We want to always stay continually in God because then you're always growing, you're always being nourished, and then you can 
you'll basically grow into the plant in which you can bless others for your roots, if you think about it that way. Because it's all about touching other people. So Satan's really quote-unquote power that he has to use against us is deception. If he can get you to think of the what-if, which will bring in fear, he can bring you down from there. So, for example, say God promises you a new vehicle, okay? And you know that you're going to get a new vehicle. But then you have the thought, well, maybe I can't afford a new vehicle. God didn't say you had to pay for it. He didn't say, you know, that you were going to go into debt getting the vehicle. He just said, I'm going to give you a vehicle. The avenue God chooses to do that is totally up to him. Satan comes along, like I said earlier, and says, would God really do that? You know, you can't afford that. He makes you look at the physical things. And then you get discouraged, and then you don't get the vehicle, and next thing you know, you're still, if you have a vehicle that runs, now you're probably walking everywhere you go because the vehicle you had isn't maintained. Which isn't good. But God just says keep believing in him and stay steadfast in him, and you will get the vehicle you need. And this works likewise in other things, clothing, food, household things, spiritual things, all nine yards. So we're going to go to, now we're going to go to Ephesians 6, 10, and 11, which I like. Uh, he uses the Brackets Mine Bible or version, which I like a lot, but for the, for the night you can use whatever version you would like. So he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So, again, it reiterates that we're not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting the mind in the spirit realm. Because we have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a body. So the spirit will choose, well, the spirit chooses God. Then your soul, which can be persuaded to go either way, based off of what the flesh does. So if you, control, if you kill your flesh, like Paul says, I renew my mind daily. If you renew your mind daily, you keep your flesh in submission to you, keep it under authority, and you won't have a desire to do sinful things. But if you take your eyes off of Jesus and you let your flesh do what you want, now your soul will switch over to evil, and then it'll be two against one, and then eventually you'll get dragged down to hell, because that's just how that works. Yeah. So it's it's important. He goes and he goes. Notice in Ephesians six eleven, he goes, "Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil," which also which includes the helmet of salvation the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the word, and, and so forth. It's important, notice how you have a helmet of salvation. Because if you don't have a helmet, well, your head's exposed and then you can die pretty quick. But if you keep the helmet of salvation on, salvation saved us from death, hell, and the grave. Because we are saved and sanctified through Jesus, 
through him dying on the cross for us. So, by wearing the helmet, you keep the God's truth in your head as long as you continually feed yourself every day. Because when you take the helmet off, now you become subject to sin and think about unholy things because your mind is no longer protected. And it's much better to have your mind and your head protected than it is to not. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 2.16. Pages kind of stick together. It says, For who has known the mind and purposes of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ to be guided by his thoughts and purposes. God gives us the mind to choose who we want to follow. His goal was for us to follow him so that we can get everything that he provided, sorry, that he already provided for us. We get that through the faith of asking and receiving and believing of God. And the more you walk with God, the closer your walk with him grows, the more you'll talk, and the more he can show you the way, the path that he has for your life. Which, his life is way better than what we could possibly think here on earth. So when you follow in God's path of righteousness that he has set before you, you're going to do really good. Because even in Psalms it goes, you'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Because you're walking through the shadow. There's no enemy there, it's just a shadow. So you overcome that because the word, is, the word of God is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. So you really got nothing to worry about because God is there with you every step of the way and you can battle everything that comes against you every step of the way. And eventually the devil will just get tired of trying because he knows he can't win because he's defeated. So this is so now we'll get to the part of the lesson that I thought was really cool. So in uh, 2 Corinthians 11.3, I'll read it both out of the Amplified and the Brackets mine. It says, But I am afraid that even as the serpent beguiled Eve and his cunning, your minds may be corrupted and led away from the simplicity of your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. The Brackets mine says, I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve, through its ability, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Notice how all the words denoting deceptive practices, beguiled, stability, and corrupted. 
Satan uses those against you to corrupt your minds from the simplicity that's in Christ. In other words, he tries to make us think that the gospel is harder than what it actually is. And as we learned from when Apostle Robin was here, that simple things are made simple, but they're made complicated through complications. So God's word's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. All you got to do is just follow the steps by steps by steps that he has for you. And you really can't go wrong unless you sway away from the truth, and then you'll have an issue. But this really made me think. So you first have to think of why, sorry, how would you tempt Adam and Eve in the garden when they were living perfect lives, perfect human beings, the perfect world? So how do you tempt someone in that scenario? In Genesis 3.1, he says he tempted them. He became, a, he became a snake because it was most subtle, because as we read earlier, that Satan has no power over you. So he didn't become a tiger and roar at them because he couldn't like, force them to eat it, and if not, he was going to eat them. And he didn't become, he says he describes them as a woolly mammoth. I always said kind of funny too. He goes, Satan didn't come out as a woolly mammoth from the field and say, eat the fruit, I'm going to crush your skull in. You know, he's just like, he just said he came in as a serpent, a subtle serpent. (laughs) But how he got them to fall was he says, don't you want to be like God? He made Eve think that they weren't, that God was holding out from them. Because it was God, Adam and Eve, then the angels, and then the rest of the world. Because they were a step lower than God. But they said, but Satan got them to think you could be God. And that's where things went wrong. Because then they thought, hey, you know, God's holding out from us, and we could do that. Which essentially, now we know that Adam created treasons, again, which we learned from Apostle Robin. But they doubted that. God, they doubted God's character that he was holding out from them. And when you doubt God's character, he gets kind of pretty mad at you for it. So, because he's saying that it's you saying, telling him that you're holding out on me. You didn't give me your best. You didn't do this for me. You didn't do that for me. And God's standing there like, seriously? Like, you really think I'm holding back? <laughs> but... He didn't hold back. He gave them everything they needed, wanted, and desired, but they wanted more. And that's one of the reasons why what happened when when they sinned, that they hid, because they didn't want God to know that they were trying to become higher. Which, as we know now, is why we're all here. We're not living in a perfect world, in a perfect garden, in a perfect place. (laughs) The other thing that was it really makes you think about it, too, was being as Satan has no power, and even if he did have power, which he doesn't, his biggest point that he would have stopped you in your life would have been you accepting salvation. Because if he can stop you from accepting salvation, he can keep you in bondage, and he can keep you in deceit, and it will keep you at the lowest and weakest point in your life. Because you'll never have the new knowledge and revelation of being able to be born again 
and to conquer the things that you need to conquer and to obtain the things that God has already provided for you. And even if you missed that point, the second point he would have stopped you is from believing further in which the salvation gives you. Because as we learned that salvation sets you free, gives you knowledge, gives you revelation, wisdom, and gives you spiritual growth. So if he can stop that by planting the thought saying that, oh yeah, God created the world, but he can't help you. He can keep you under, basically under his feet and then, pers- and then keep beating you over the head when you keep going back saying, oh yeah, God can't do this for me. Well, you know, he did this, but he can't do this for me. He did this for other people. He can't. Yes, he can. You just got to combat the thoughts because the battle's in your mind. You just combat the thoughts with God's word, rebuke the devil, and he will flee from you. The key is, is you have to know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You just can't say, well, you know, somebody said this. You know, because it's like the seven sons of Sceva. They said, and Paul knows. Didn't work. You got to use God's name, and you got to use what God said. Now, this is important to note because I was thinking about this, and I'm like, yeah, I probably won't go over that, but God said go over that. So we shall. So let's go to Romans 7.18. And again, I'll read both from the Amplified and the Brackets Mind. So Romans 7.18 says, For I know that I have nothing good lives in me, that is, in my flesh, my human nature, my worldliness, my sinful capacity, for the willingness to do good is present in me, but the doing of good is not. In the brackets mine, it goes, For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Paul wasn't writing this to us to say that he does absolutely no good. As we know that Paul has a pretty remarkable story, and he did a lot of good things for Jesus. What he's saying is, is that is, in my flesh, there is no good thing that will please God. Because you're living in sin, and you're not walking with God. So, like, because it's, um, I don't want to say it. Because if you read that, like, if you read all the promises of God, and then you read that verse saying this, that that is nothing in you is good, that would be pretty detrimental to pretty much your spiritual walk. And your physical walk, too. And be like, wow, I can't do anything good. Like, what's the point of going on? But he's saying, apart from Christ... You can do no good work. But the more you stay in Christ by worshiping God, fellowshipping with God, and taking time to be with God, you're worth something. You are valuable to God. He created you before the world was fashioned. Like, think about that. He created you before the world was fashioned. He wanted to be with you but he created the world so that we could come to us, so that we could go to him. He gave us the choice to decide, I love you, God, I want you, or, eh, kind of tired of this, and then go somewhere else. Which is really 
powerful when you think about the length that he went to to have a relationship with you. And God is all about relationships. So it's very important to read your Bible and to talk with God and to always communicate with God so that he can lead you on the path that is best for you. That's why I wrote that down. Okay, so now we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 10, and then we're going to read 3 through 5. And then just to like reiterate things as well, because I'm going to close with this, that if you know the truth, the truth shall set you free, and then the truth will make you free. You're not going to go back to whatever was holding you down keeping you in bondage or keeping you in sin or just beating you over the head over and over and over and over again. When you know the truth, it sets you free and it keeps you free. So 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 says, For we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So, excellent closing point. Because the more you keep yourself aligned in God by keeping on the helmet, you will be able to defeat the negative thoughts that enter your mind that Satan tries to plant in you. Because if you can capture those thoughts and cast them down and you don't think or dwell on them, because when you dwell on them, then you start getting issues, then you will continually walk in the way you will, and you'll be able to cast the de- cast Satan out a lot faster because you'll know the truth, because you'll have a walking and loving relationship with God. Yeah, that's pretty much what I got for you guys tonight. So, without further ado, we will hand it off to Pastor Nelson. You did a great job, Steve. Oh, no, I got it. Yes. He loves the word, doesn't he? Yeah. Seems like he's been chewing on it for years. We're getting into the weapons of our warfare. It's a Kevin Zadai. Something I started a couple um, Wednesdays ago. And we're getting into the Romans 8, 37. And it's here, yet all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And this is what Paul was talking about, all the things that we all endure in life. As he was saying that we were all, we're more than conquerors. And the Lord made us that way because God himself made us in his image. Yeah. And we know God himself, you know, it's, no one messes with him. Right. And, he's, and that's how he made us. Every attribute he has, we carry. Yeah. And, at, and a lot of times, I know this, the enemy tries to beat us up some. And there's a lot of times they want us to forget about that we're more than conquerors and how we should handle ourselves in the fight itself. And um, the thing is, the Lord, 
He made us, the, the inner man, the spirit himself. It does not know defeat. And that's, and that's the thing. We, it's the battle itself. And it's like you, the flesh, it wants to run free. But we've got we to learn to tame them down even more. And allow the spirit to take over. And that's what the, the enemy does not want. Because he tries to put you in his arena. To take it to his, his fight. The flesh. Instead of the godly world itself. But God himself bringing Jesus down in. To the arena. He doesn't like that. And this is how, you know, how we overcome evil is with good. So we have to get, you know, actually getting to know God himself even more or how good God really is and how he really loves us and how a good father he really is and that we're all adopted in him, adapted in him. So we're going into uh, Romans 8.15. It says here, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again, to fear. You received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And it says, you know, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I I can get in to a... The last church I was doing is where I got into um, the Pennsylvania Ministers Association, as uh, run by Pastor Jack Cashman, and he was going through the line, praying over everybody. I happened to fall on the floor, and he had a big old smile on his face. He says, "You, know, you have no idea how much God loves you." But he said he looked at me. He's like, "But he knows you don't know what, what that really means." I'm like, you're right, I don't. So it was something I had to learn. And it's, you know, ever since that day, you know, because the father, he did everything he could to get me back to church. He sent his own son to come to pick me up. I wasn't even, even in the church. He literally showed up while I was laying on the couch at home. And it, it was something. Then he sent a man named Pastor Sam Willis after me, knocking on the door. And that's how much he, he really cared. He left the 99 to pick up this one. And that was, that was the greatest love I've ever experienced in my life. So we're going to be heading into Matthew 7, 8 through 11. He says, for everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds, and he who himself knocks, it will be opened. And he says, or what man is there among you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for, you know, for a fish, will give him a servant? He says, if you then be an evil, know him now to give him Good gifts and for that children is how much more we are Father who is in heaven will give good things to those who ask him. And Jesus came 
and he displayed how much he really loved us through the Father. And the thing is, he went back to the Father, but he sent the Holy Spirit. And that's what the Holy Spirit is here to reveal the truth to us. And the thing is, when we get into the time of prayer, we meditate on the, God, you know, the Father's love. And the thing is, he wants us to ask because he wants us to give. Anything he, we want, he will give. So we're going to be heading into 1 Corinthians 15:57. But it says here, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And it says here we have already won through Jesus. But he's trying to be continuing in our lives because it's already set to be on that way. So the thing is we need to yield, to learn to, to allow the Holy Spirit to move us and to teach us his ways and how to engage the enemy and knowing how to to understand how to take them out. And the, and the Lord's guaranteeing us not to lose. And the thing is, the Spirit, He doesn't know defeat. And that's the thing, we, you know, it's been learning because since God said, said he, he put us in victory since the day we were born. But the thing is, the books were already been written, and your name says victorious already beside it. And the thing is, the every he has these finish flags; we, they're all set out. And each race, you know, it's already marked winner, winner, winner. And it, it, it's it's something because, I mean, another race could be you know. I, Next week, something the Lord has something already set up for you, and it's like like the new job, you know, it's like already there, marked out, a new raise, new positions. That's another victory. And and Jesus, He's been standing there since day one. That's that's how much confidence He has for us to be there. So we're heading to Zechariah 4.6. And it says here, not by, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And the Holy Spirit said, as it's in you, is a defender of the faith. He is an enforcer of the faith. And he blesses us with that. It says, even though the evil spirits come against us and we're warring against them, and it said that the faith he gives us overcomes that fear and anxiety they try to put on you and the worry. So it, the Holy Spirit builds us up. So we learn to push back the enemy harder. So they're going to realize that we learn the truth about how much of a liar he really is. And uh, I know how he, he'll try to use somebody or something, 
tried to bring you down, but there's times, even myself on the job site, where uh, you hear some nasty stuff going on. They try to get you involved, but all I need is a phone call. And they start laughing. So I said, okay, Lord, this is yours. So I'm asking your hand to come down upon them. And next thing you know, their faces change. And all of a sudden, next couple of days, man, it's like silent. And this is where the Lord wants us to be. And since before, for years, I, I never would have done that. And I, you know, at that time, I would not even know what to do. But the more I you know, got into the word of reading and how the Lord made us, and how warriors he made us to be, to be victorious. And that's the thing, when you start speaking that truth, they hate the truth. But he said he, even the demons begin to shudder. And you'll literally see that. And even though it's in the physical, but the spirit inside of them starts shaking, and they cannot talk. And this is where, where we need to be even more. And that's how, that's how he made us to be, the great warriors that we are, living victory every day. See, that's the thing. When we wake up in the morning, that's when the devil will just look. And he's like, he's awake. Now what? And this is what, you know, that's something. Because it's, I know, we just, with the youth, you know, the Kevin Zadai, the one thing he said, he's like, just wake up in the morning with the two by four and smack them across his head. That's the, that's the thing we like. So we're heading to Matthew twenty six forty to forty one. And he says, then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, "What well, could you not watch for me for, for at least the one hour? Watch and pray, at least you enter into temptation." And I said, the spirit. Indeed, is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that's the thing. There's, there's another place where the war. This is where it happens in the war times. It is the spirit inside of you does not defeat, no defeat, nor does it think of any being defeated. But the flesh, they said, is so weak. But there's things where when we go to pray, you might, you know, not feel like praying. But you feel weak. But the thing is, you've got to remember that Jesus said, it is the spirit that's willing. But we, so we engage yourself in, in, with the Lord, but, but not with the, Holy, with the Holy Spirit. But even the angels come. And the thing is, you know, even hunting season for myself, the Lord put me out in the middle of nowhere for the longest time when I got back into the church. I had to get away from the town I grew up in. So he put me out in the middle of the mountains. And when it came hunting season, I asked the Lord, I said, where do you want me to meet you? He gave me a vision. I said, it was either trails I, I knew of, deer blinds, tree stands, that's where I'll be. It's okay. So I get there, and there's times, you know, I'll sit there for hours praying. In the beginning, you know, it's like, 
okay, okay, it's 20 minutes, you know, okay. Keep on praying and praying. And it was like an hour, two hours, up to three, four hours at a time now. And it was just that point where the Lord opened up in the, in a, it was a um, open vision where I was sitting there praying, but I actually literally saw arrows coming out of my mouth, shooting. And uh, there was a, a breakage that took, that happened. The, the force that was binding in that area where I was praying, actually, it broke. And no matter where I went and prayed, there was, there was nothing to hold it back. And this is what I was learning while I was lived out into these mountains. It would be like the next day you had me in another position in the mountain, praying in this area, in this area. And it's like the more I prayed, the, the freedom came. And that's, and that's, I believe that's where he wants us all to be. Because, you know, because in the beginning of the prayer, you know, it said the flesh, it wanted to fight. It really did. They said after the first two hours, it was like, okay, three hours, then four, five, six, seven, it didn't matter anymore. You, you just totally knocked out the flesh. And it was, it was amazing. And it's, God's good. That's, that's, that's the great love he has. Okay, we're heading into Second Thessalonians 3.3. 3. And it says here, But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from, from the evil one. But it says here, When you are ready all the time, nothing catches you by surprise. And it says, you know, you, you can use the scripture all the time when you feel like you're, you're going through warfare with the devil. And it says your mind is, is being filled with all kinds of doubt and fear. And these are the three things that the Lord has, says. He says that he is faithful. And, he's, and the Lord is, is telling us he is full of faith. He's is always going to be there for us, no matter what. And the thing is, God has already spoken that he's, he is, he's never going to leave us or nor forsake us at any time. Amen. So the thing is, you know, I'm going to take you back up to the mountain again where i gotta, I got to share this. But it was, it was something because the love they have the one place I was in, it was, it was um, Joey's blind. It was my neighbor's blind. But it was the one morning I, I'd never been so cold in my life in the mountains. And this is a time where uh, I, had, I drank all my hot tea. And uh, I said, landlord, as the kids from Africa come walking for miles to come to see you, he said, it's okay. It's okay. But I said, it only took me a matter of minutes. But I saw myself come out, walking through the blind. He had me above the tree line, looking down into the, to the blind. I saw himself, Jesus beside me with his arm around me. Then he brought me back down into the, to their blind. But he, that's the kind of love he has. And that's the type of, and, 
actions he shows, the relationships that he wants. And he just shows up. And it's it's something, you know, I, I never forget. So we're, we're heading to John 14, 16 through 18. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And as a spirit of truth, this is a, the world cannot accept him because neither he can, they can see him or they know him. But the thing is, for, for he lives within you and and he always be with, he actually will be with you. And he will not leave us as orphans. And he will say that I will always come for you. And the points he, the Lord has here is this, because God has the characteristics of being faithful. Once he, you know, once he says something, then he always follows through with it. And he keeps his word. The second point is that whatever God has spoken to you, whether it be a written word or the spoken word, but it's always going to fulfill the word to you. But he is always going to be faithful, and you can trust him. And the third point is, is when you're going through warfare, you have to remember that the Lord is going, he's not going to let you, not, he's not going to let you down. And he's going to, you know, the thing is, you can always trust him as he'll always continue to strengthen you. And the thing is, you know, the strength is going to come from, you know, his realm and his realm only. The thing is, God is a spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and the truth. And the thing is, the spirit realm, it is real. And the thing is, this point is showing that the fallen realm is not the, the real realm. That is the lower realm. But this earth will be you know, restored back through the kingdom of God, coming to reign and rule on, the, on earth forever. So we're going to go into, into Psalms 91.11. And it says, you know, God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. And we're going to head into uh, Psalms 91.12. And it says here, in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And the Lord's telling us right now, he says, whatever we're going through, and we can always trust him. And the thing is, you, you have to know that he is faithful, and he will acknowledge everything that you ask. And the thing is, you know, he's, he's guaranteeing it. You know, because you, you have him, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and you got the heavenly angels. What more can you ask for? Right. And that's and the thing. The thing is, the the enemy they'll try you, but again, 
you know who you are, they're going to be backing off sooner than than you know. And the thing is, um, he, he will come to deliver us. And he comes to protect us. And the thing is, he will come to show himself faithful to you. And the thing is, he has come to strengthen us. And the, the word I got before I got here, before prayer time with uh, Stephen and Nate tonight, this is the word I got from the Lord tonight. He says the territorial spirit is leaving this area tonight. All the prayers from this church went out. And that's the word I got tonight. So that's, that's awesome. Yes. He wanted to let you know that tonight. So we're going to Luke ten nineteen. And he says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on scorpions, serpents and scorpions, and over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall any means hurt you. And this is what the Lord, you know, he says, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. And they say that that means that you are un, that they're under your foot and they are defeated. And they are crushed. And the thing is, what he's saying is, overall, the power of the enemy, that means that the enemy is completely defeated. And he's, he's guaranteeing that nothing you know, shall hurt you in any way. He says, you have to believe this because we are Christians, and this is, and this is in the Bible itself. And he's saying... He said, if anything is happening in your life, if you feel if you feel like you're, if nothing is, is, is if the enemy is trading on you, or the scorpions and serpents are trading on you, and he said, if you feel like they're crawling all over you, if you feel like you're had no power over the enemy, but he but he gave the power to you. But he said, if you feel like like these enemies spirits. Are hurting you in any way that you're not feeling protected? And he's, he's saying right now, because you need to readjust something that's going on in your lives. And this, the list I got was, you know, is not being in the Word enough. We need to be you constantly be in prayer. And then, as Stephen was talking about the armor that we need to keep the armor on properly. And the thing is, we need to, to work on his love walk. And the thing is, we've got to remember is the battle belongs to him and not to take it out, you know, try to do it ourselves. And that's a no-no. So Jesus, you know, he's not to take the blame for any of these things because, you know, he's... He's here to help us if something goes wrong. So it's definitely a lie from the enemy. He's tried to come in. He's trying to find a way. Yeah. And the thing is, 
he is he is the victim and we are the victor and that's and that's the way we need to keep it that way our mindsets and that's that's how the loving God that we have shown us constant victory every day and as you know his son proved that because he went to the cross for us for that great love he has Yes. So, Father, we thank you again for this word tonight. And we thank you again for the, the Air Force doing our well job tonight. And we thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we thank you again for the word. But we thank you again for great healings that are taking place here tonight, Father. And we thank you for the protection you have given us. There's no way can we ever lose, ever. And we thanking you, Father, for this. Does anybody need any prayer before we go? For anything? You can come on up if you like.